Hello, my name's Mark Geary, and you're listening to You Think That's Funny, which is either an accusation or a question, depending on your mood. Oh, before we start this week's show, I should say you can go to youthinkthatsfunnypodcast.com to check out links that are the background to what we will discuss in this week's show. That's youthinkthatsfunnypodcast.com. On this week's show... We have Andy Ross. Uh, Andy is a writer uh, and is also an accomplished illustrator and live performer and has also run a humorous reading series in New York where he lives. Say hello, Andy, please. Hello, Andy. No, I'm not. Hello, Mark. How are you? Hi. <laughs> hey, How are you hey. doing? I'm, I'm just dandy. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm fine. Good. Uh, my disclosure for this show is that Andy is a friend and colleague of mine in comedy for over a decade. Uh, we actually worked on a, on a sitcom pilot that almost but didn't quite win something. So that was exciting and is a fond <laughs> memory of mine. Uh, and I do find what Andy finds to be funny funny myself, but we do have a, a little interesting humor contretemps that I'm, I think will be interesting to talk about later. Right, Andy? Yes, I don't know what contretemps means, but I'm sure that we will talk about that. It's French for a right royal Donnybrook, or whatever that okay, is. Okay, and, and then whatever that is. Yes, and that's... <laughs> <laughs> and that's no, I know, what all, I know what words mean. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ooh, look at Mr. Fancy with his knowing what words mean. Um, I know okay. a certain percentage of words. <laughs> All righty, so let's get into let's get into the agenda, shall we? Of what you find funny. So the first thing um, you had mentioned were funny names. Can you give us the background on that, please? Uh, an explanation sure. and the background. Okay, so I find ridiculous names really funny for some reason, and when you asked me to think of what I find funny, I thought of that, and I was like, well, why do I find that funny? And I went back to thinking about when I used to read Mad Magazine or the Mad Magazine collections, and there was the Don Martin things, and he would always have ridiculous characters named like Phone Bone or Fester, Fester Bester or whatever. <laughs> and I think that that kind of stuck with me. And then uh, I was a big fan of Kids in the Hall, um, and Kids in the Hall had 30 Helens Agree, and these are the Daves I know. And there's something just ridiculous about names, like people having the same name or people having ridiculous names, or like, I just love, I love names. And for years, my wife and I would collect silly names that we found in real life. And she had her mother had a coworker named Vicky Clutterbuck and that was her actual name and so we'd like write it down and then when we were waiting for um for like if we were if we were waiting for a table at a restaurant we would we would just talk in silly names to each other like Duncan Knuckles or Gertie Nerdlicker or whatever and over time and then oh and then we collected this name we were i hope it's okay that i've just jumped into a story time but i find names so funny and we were at the met opera because you know that i am pretentious 
And so we were at the Met Opera <laughs> watching the opera. And I don't really, I don't love the opera. I like have a really hard time staying awake, but this was, we were there and we're looking through the names in the program and the head graphic designer was named Burns Magruder. And I just thought <laughs> Burns Magruder was absolutely the funniest, most perfect name. And so I wrote this, I, I used to have a blog. I wrote this blog about funny names and Burns Magruder must have had a Google alert set up for his name because he found the blog and commented on it. And then I also had this reading series called Real Characters in New York that ran for years and years. And then he became, he like would come and sit in the front row and I would sometimes reference Burns Magruder and his husband Earl. Uh, and I just, I love, I love silly names so much. Did he, did he have fun with it or did he glare at you the whole, t did he have his name on his t-shirt? Like no. I am Burns Magruder and just glare at you. No, he had fun with it. He has a good sense of humor, despite being like a very fancy man. Like he is someone who lives up to the name Burns Magruder and has photos on his Facebook of him on yachts wearing scarves with his husband traveling the world. Um, but he's also very funny. So he has that patrician humor. And I think, and I think it's amazing. And to double down on this pretentiousness, I have prepared a reading of a Washington Irving short story that I find incredibly funny. Okay. That involves funny names. Are you interested in this? Yeah. Well, let me let me ask a question first. Did you so read? No. <laughs> no, no, I am, I am, I am. But uh, before I, before I forget, because I'm old mm -hmm. and forgetful. Before we go to the reading, which we absolutely will do, did you read much Dickens in school? Because Dickens has these ridiculous names in it, and our English teacher explained why at one time, and I can't for the life of me remember. She said like Dickens did these names because, and I really wish I remembered it now. I did read Dickens and I don't, and I know that he has funny names and I, maybe it's that same thing. You know, he, in his books, the mean and bad characters are always ugly and he always talks about how ugly they are. Yeah. And maybe it has something to do with that. Like, you know, he was like high and low, right? He, he was, he, he was both high and low, uh, art, right? He was very yeah. popular. And so maybe it was that kind of hoi polloi um, plebeians thing where there were funny names for the people who weren't getting the top level and there were, and, you know, and, you know, smart people find funny names funny too. <laughs> As evidenced by you, Andy Ross. Incredibly smart person. Yeah. So let's do no, the reading. No, I changed my name. That's actually my name. You didn't say my full name. I added incredibly smart person. It's on my social security card. <laughs> <laughs> um reading so time I am, then i am a little pretentious i'm gonna read you this thing okay this is um so washington irving um you know he uh beginning of america he wrote um who's the guy who sleeps for a long time uh rip van winkle rip van winkle so he wrote with rip van winkle but he also wrote this thing which is long and i'm gonna read just a paragraph on it it's called from a history of new york by Diedrich Knickerbocker, and it's about the Battle of New York. Mm -hmm. So it's the Dutch coming, right? Okay. 
So I'm going to read you this part. And he's talking about the Dutch cresting the hill um, in the battle against Washington, George Washington. Then came waddling on the sturdy chivalry of the Hudson. There were the Van Wykes and the Van Dykes and the Tenikes and the Van Nesses and the Van Tassels and the Van Grohls, the Van Housens and the Van Giesens and the Van Barcloms and the Van Warts, the Van Winkles, the Van Dams, the Van Pelts, the Van Rippers, the Van Brunts. Then there were the Van Horns and the Van Hooks and the Van Bundershans and the Van Gelders and the Van Arnsdales and the Van Bummels, the Van Belts, the Vanderhoofs, the Vanderverts, the Vanderlins, the Vanderpools, and the Vanderspiegels. Then came the Hoffmans and the Hooglins and the Hoppers and the Cloppers and the Reichmans and the Dykemans and the Hogbooms and the Rosebooms and the Uthouts and the Quackenbosses and the Rohrbachs and the Ganderwisses and the Bensons and the Browers. The Waldrons and the Onderdukes, the Van Bangers, the Schlemmelhorns, the Stenderbergs, the Bingerhoffs, the Bandercoots, the Knickerbockers, the Hofstrassers, the Ten Breachers, and the Tough Breachers, with a host of more worthies whose names were too crabbed to be written, or if they could be written, they would be impossible for man to utter, all fortified with mighty dinner, and to use the words of the great Dutch poet, brimful of wrath and cabbage. <laughs> Brimful of Wrath and Cabbage was the, the remix of the Corner Shop song, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the first time I read that, I was in college and I was like, oh my God, that is so funny. That is like, that is so fundamentally ridiculously funny, weird names, and that they represent people and that they're, they're all real names. They're likely all real names mm -hmm. that he collected over time. And then whenever I stop at the Schemmerhorn stop on the A train, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, we just we just all agree that this word that has way too many consonants, we're just gonna say it every day. Huh. <laughs> I've never been to the Schemmerhorn stop, so that's never hit me up yet. But yeah, <laughs> um, well, I got to tell you this: you're the first person we've had that said names were funny. Good. So top, top job on that. That's a good Thank one. You. Um, let's go. Uh, oh, while we're talking to names, so I, I wanted to purloin your, purloin your intro, and I got lazy, and I was like, oh, I'll just go to Andy's website. Um, so, yeah. That's <laughs> first, first. First of all, well, I obviously you stumble, I stumble, I tried finding them, just the obvious ones first. So have you been to andyross.com recently? No, I don't even know who that would be. Okay, oh, it's great. It's the, the only reason I'm bringing it up is, so andyross.com is basically a, a star-spangled banner wrapped around a person doing, like, it's insane. <laughs> like, it's like, how much patriotism can I jam into this thing? And then I thought, that's clearly now. not Andy. And then, so then I went to andyross.net, and he's this British anti-Brexit hippie who like takes long nature walks and talks about like socialism and stuff. <laughs> so it's like, man, Andy Ross has a lot of breadth to the, to the Andy Ross universe. Well, you know, Andy Ross is also one of the members of OK Go and he destroys my um, Google search results, yeah, I got which is fine. I can be kind of, I can be kind of anonymous online. 
Yeah. And that's fine by me. That's good when you're looking for jobs. I mean, I got uh, there's a Mark Geary um, Irish folk singer. So he's just, you will not find me. I'm buried under Irish folk singer <laughs> uh, in a Google search, for sure, for sure. But yeah, just the 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 sheer breadth of Andy Rossness. I thought I had to bring that up because um, we were talking about names. Um, and my name is incredibly unfunny. Like Andy, <laughs> Andy is probably the least funny name. Mm, yeah, I guess. Well, do you, the I, I just remembered I sent you an album that I found by an Andy Ross. You did a long time ago. Yeah. I just remembered that one. Anywho, let's get on to, to item number two, because uh, this is it's going to be juicy. You picked scatological humor as a thing, and one specific um, uh, routine. Uh, could you uh, elaborate on that? Yeah. So um, when years ago, when John Stewart still was on The Daily Show, he would tour every once in a while doing stand-up. And, uh, but in like big places. So it was, uh, we went to, and I guess I don't even know, but it was some like Coliseum maybe. And he told a story about his cat getting diarrhea and getting scared by its own diarrhea. And so it jumped up onto the counter and onto the top of the refrigerator and then was just machine gunning the entire kitchen <laughs> with diarrhea. And he, there was no way for him to stop it. And he was like holding up garbage can lids to try and approach the cat to get it <laughs> off the fridge. And when he was telling that story, I was dying with laughter. Like my stomach hurt. Um, I would like my fists were clenched. And I was just trying so hard to be alive in the moment. I thought I was dying because I was laughing so hard. And that has come up over and over again, like in movies that aren't even, or like whatever, that's not even good. Like Bridesmaids is a, is a solid little movie. It's, it's fine. But when they eat bad Mexican food and try on wedding dresses and then shit in the sink and shit in the road, I just think I found that so funny. Now, if I watch that movie again, would I laugh at that moment? I don't know. Huh. But the first time I see something that's scatological, the first time I experience that, it is the funniest thing to me in the world. Huh. Well, what about um, when I think of scatological, it's not technically scatological, it's um, the fart scene in Blazing Saddles. I remember my, my friend literally fell off the chair and I thought he was never going to catch his breath from laughing at that. So that was like the first time that they even allowed the sound of a fart in movies, right? Oh, wow. So talk about if humor is the unexpected, right? Yeah. If you, and I, and I kind of think that it is, I think that humor is like 99% surprise. Uh, if, like that moment and being in a movie theater, seeing that would have just been, you would have never experienced anything like that before. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then they would put it on TV when I was growing up and they would cover up all the farts with horse whinnies because it was okay <laughs> to have it in a movie. How do you yes. pass that off? 
I don't know. And it didn't work. Like you'd be like, here's, and it's like a three minute scene of them farting. Yeah. But when it was on TV, it would just be all these sounds of horse whinnies. And so like, not only did they kill the joke, but like, why even show that if you're not going to have that joke in? Yeah. That was the I grew up on Blazing Saddles. I, until by the time I was eight, I could, I could speak the entire dialogue of Blazing Saddles. That was the first time on film they allowed the noise. Farting sound. I did not know. Yeah. Blazing Saddles is this like weird, um, like gold mine of weird facts. Like, uh, so it, it was an eye opener to me when someone said to me, "Oh, Richard Pryor wrote that." They just he was so out of control at that point that they couldn't let him make it, and it was given to Mel Brooks, and that just left my jaw drop. It no, no, he was a, a writer on it. He didn't write it. Well, I think it was meant to be his vehicle this is how it maybe we need to fact check this but someone oh, told i believe me... that it was maybe he was intended to be cast in it but oh. he was brought in as a writer hmm. um, um but there were tons of writers and he did not end up writing any of the parts about african-american life he wrote all the mongo stuff all oh, right see it the gold mine continues to deliver uh, on Blazing Saddles. I, I've already learned two things today from Blazing Saddles. Anyway, I did. Um, you're a, a father yourself, so I did some research on this because I want to get into the science of laughter with these things, as pretentious as that is. Um, and here's what uh, I found on poop humor. Um, the New York Times, Lawrence Cohen, PhD, comments, children... Children are always experimenting with power and getting adults to laugh or be awkward. That's a very powerful thing to a child. So for a ch- for children aged three to six, that's a big thing. It's a power. It, as a child, poo humor sure. is, 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 which kind of blew my mind, but I guess it makes sense. Um, oh, I've, I've, I've jumbled up on my text here. Um, Laura Markham, PhD, in the same New York Times article says, um, children ages three to six, bathroom accidents are high on the list of things causing them anxiety. Um, we take it for granted as adults that we can make it to the bathroom on time, but kids still do not have that confidence. So part of poo humor for children is an anxiety release. So do you think that's carrying into adulthood? I was thinking... You know, you're, you're talking about my kids and there's one in the hallway playing with a cat that is making sounds like a, a little animatronic cat um, <laughs> that I'm going to yell at so that she stops. Um <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> yes, gosh, I think that that is all 100% accurate about kids. Um, and kids having, like, oh, my God, you're, you've opened my eyes. There is that stuff, like, people talk about Freud and him talking about how people have a scat phase in development. But it's very likely that it was just that Freud was into scat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would seem in keeping. Yeah, because like we have all the psychological stuff, but it's really just that Freud was so fucked up, right? Well, he was German, but, or was he Austrian? I, I German, right? And it's all the same, right? Well, there definitely skeletons in the closet. Um, <laughs> the stuff about kids 
um, always testing boundaries and the stuff about um, how there's anxiety around going to the bathroom. Yes, that is very funny. And I will think about that more. I'm trying to think about like other like or humor and like archetypal humor. Uh, they're the trickster characters, right? Like Hermes and um, all that. Um, and Hermes, like a Herm is a giant penis. And so whenever there were statues of Hermes, it was, he would have like a giant penis. And there must be something there about like bodily function and humor going back forever and being a part of like the liminal between what's allowed and what's not allowed and what is right and what's not right. It's boundary testing, certainly for kids anyway. All righty, so here's the big one. Let's let's move it move along. We're good. We're good pacing here. Good. Um. <clears throat> so the big one that you'd sort of pre warned me you were gonna talk about as a, as a big fun thing um, is enthusiasm. I'm gonna say enthusiasm slash niceness is is something that you heartily believe in in comedy. Um, yes. And it definitely makes you laugh. So ex explain yourself, young fella, me lad. Okay. So if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, I think that Ted Lasso is a revelation. And I have a feeling like you might not like it, but I think 99% of the people out there would love it so much. And I have no reason to sell this television show. I'm not connected to it at all. But when I watched it, it brought me, I found it so funny and I was so filled with joy at something different and new. Now, I think that Parks and Rec played a lot with the um, humor around enthusiasm and love. And certainly that Chris character on Parks and Rec is supposed to be like, it's funny that he is like a golden retriever come to life. But something about Ted Lasso like brings it all together and I really think that it has to do with why I find that so funny is that it is a big surprise to me that someone could react with positivity and kindness at every turn because we are still dealing with the popularity of Seinfeld in America, totally upending everything and making it so that the only thing that was allowed to be funny was people being cruel and vicious for years and years and years. That's the only thing that was allowed to be funny. And now we're finally like turning a corner and you're allowed to be funny through being kind. Hmm. What do you think? Well, I'm, I, I've had a theory for years and this is um, probably a, a reflection of me rather than the general humor. But to me, um, the only things that I ever found utterly hilarious were the, the real nasty characters like to me it the the bigger and, and uh, the obliviousness of that has to be um part of it as well although they can be aware like i think the the towering creation in comedy is black adder like it, it had everything had everything in it and it's 
based around a character totally and utterly without any redemption whatsoever. And then there was characters like uh, the character of Rick on The Young Ones, played by Rick Mayle, was was the ultimate funniness for me, is someone who thinks they're good and nice, but clearly isn't. And that's obviously the sort of... um, irony or whatever of it and i find i really do find it hard to laugh at things where people are nice in them because i'm like what is this telling me (laughs) well that's funny because i just i'm the exact opposite and (laughs) so like okay so i don't have the depth and breadth of knowledge of british humor as you um but let's look at like someone who is objectively not nice and that's Steve Coogan. All right. Yeah. So I have fall. I've followed, I know him and I know his work and my favorite Steve Coogan stuff is the trip. Yeah. Where he's just, I mean, he's not a nice character, but the only actual funny parts of that are when he's being friends with uh, Rob Brydon and they have a natural, easy friendship um, through all the, but like the parts that are supposed to be funny of him being awful, I don't find funny. And <laughs> and all the Alan Partridge stuff, I know that I'm, there's going to be like actual hate mail, but I think it's fine. I think Alan Partridge is fine. Man, you, we can't tread around Partridge. I'm going to have to leave <laughs> the room and suspend but, the podcast. <laughs> but I found I there are I liked I like. 24-hour party people and Tristram Shandy where he's human. I like I like the moments when he's human, yeah. but the parts where he's not human yeah. are just like, okay, that's a cartoon. Because huh. he, he actually said in an interview, he said, Partridge is everything in myself that I hate amplified. It's all of my pomposity that I know I shouldn't have and all of the opinions that I know I shouldn't have amplified so i think that's a good it's a a catharsis for him right maybe but it's not for me (laughs) um i was asked i was asked to explicitly bring up by the way when ted lasso came up uh the 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 subject of scrubs oh sure i i i like scrubs and also because the guy who created scrubs created Ted Lasso or co-created it and he also created Cougar Town which I didn't like but has been recommended to me yeah and I I love the friendship on Scrubs I I think that that's really like the positivity that um those two guys greet each other with Mm -hmm. and and I just like it, it is so fundamentally funny to me but it also I think what it is is that it brings me joy while I'm surprised. Like, it's not just the joy. I think that humor, for me, is a lot about the joy of surprise, and that's what the scatological stuff was, was just, like, being mm. shocked. But then to add on a level of I am experiencing this surprise, but I'm also f- experiencing, like, pleasantness and kindness at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, so, I can see that. that. I see the surprise element for sure. So cool. Um, so you are a, a person who loves the positivity coming through in comedy as well, right? Of the, hey, we nice guys can win. I don't, yeah, but I don't need nice guys to win. I just need there to be, um, 
so I think that there's a lot of different kinds of comedy and there is, we have been in this era for a long time of satire Mm -hmm. where things are torn down and I find so much fulfillment in knowing that there can be comedy that builds up as well. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it's kind of like you, you have that in in all, in all aspects. You have that in music, in film, and mm-hmm. comedy has dwelled in the negative for a very long time, right? So, give it give it its time in the positive. Yeah, and you know, it's probably there have always there's always been negativity in, in comedy. There's always been ridiculousness in comedy. There's always mm-hmm. been positivity in comedy. There's just it's but there are. Uh, waxes and wanes and there are tides that shift Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm ready for more good place and more ted lasso in the world okay well that actually leads that segues nicely into our next topic actually um so i want to talk about how the things that you personally find funny how have you seen them manifest in yourself in your artistic output in your in your being well that's interesting um you knew me in chicago when i was a stand-up and i was very nervous on stage and very heady i think i had really funny jokes Mm -hmm. i think i was a great writer but i had little to no stage presence um as I've spent time in New York doing other things, doing, I came here and quit stand-up pretty early, mm-hmm. almost immediately. But then I did find The Moth and did The Moth for a few years, like regularly, mm-hmm. and have since done storytelling shows. And then I had my own show where I would do a reading series and brought on a lot, brought on a lot of famous people to read their things. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Um, before they were famous, of course. Can you send and, me their email addresses for podcasts? Oh, purposes? I was I was part of a big uh, email. Uh, oh, that yeah, I was yeah. I, I was on that yeah yeah good yeah. one. Anyway, anyway, sorry I interrupted um, you. Carry on. No, no, it's fine. But in hosting that, I started to lean into being incredibly positive, like incredibly yeah. um, thinking of performance as you are the host of that moment. You are like the host of the party in that moment. And that, then it all clicked. And so when I was hosting my show, I was incredibly positive and like rah, rah, get everybody on board. And I don't know if you know, but I host bingo at Bryant Park in the summer. And nice. so I usually have around 400 to 600 people all playing bingo. And when I'm doing that, I am being as over the top positive as possible, like like camp counselor, uh, getting everybody to sing along level of positivity. And so oh. I guess I, I unintentionally brought that into my own performance. Oh, cool. I got to send you, there's a link I could have sent you then where it's um, a bingo caller uh, in England who's like a superstar, like the star bingo caller. Yeah, I think <laughs> you'll get a kick out of it. You've probably seen the, the, uh, the, the Saul, Better Call Saul bingo pieces, right? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. great, yeah. Nice. I never knew you to be a bingo caller. We, that's almost, it's a lot of fun. We could have another show on that. Trust me. Um, <laughs> so, oh, so you, so yeah. So, any, any other thing to add on that about incorporation? Incorporation of what I find funny. Yeah. I don't know. I've never written anything that's really scatological. 
but yeah. I should. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then I have written pieces where everybody has funny voices and funny names. Yeah. But that's just because I'm really good at funny voices. And, and funny names kind of come from funny voices because it's like the auditory experience of comedy is important, right? Hmm. Uh, having, knowing when to include alliteration or rhyme or knowing how to edit and like comedy is an auditory experience hmm. except for like silent films where you can see slapstick uh, physical humor yeah. aside from that almost all comedy comes from what you're hearing from the voice, and yeah. so i think that funny names is like a tool in that toolkit yeah oh talking of which so i had sent you a couple of links obviously i've known you for a long time so um mm -hmm. i was trying to be a little more challenging in reading um that there's a there was a series uh, in england called look around you which was a parody of kids science shows i'm not yes. sure if you, you you were probably already familiar with that right i was i was familiar with that and brass eye and yeah. that and those kinds of shows um yeah. but but the 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 high points of look around you for me was they always gave people weird names and the one i remember most is a, a mark heap character called leonard hatred which i <laughs> thought they they used like um adjectives and stuff for the names in that do you remember that because a uh, the names in it were always so good in, in Look Around You. I, yeah, I think, <laughs> again, you can be mad. I think that Look Around You is fine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think it's a lot of, like, uh, I think it's a lot of smart people coming up with their first idea and thinking that's good enough. I'm inherently funny. But it's never, <laughs> it's never like those, it's never like the third or second level of, like, yeah toying like working the joke until you get to the third level that people can put together two plus two it's always that they're just always giving you four <laughs> you're, well, gonna be, you're like you like hate me right now no but no no it's, it's, it's no no it's interesting um um because of the other clip I sent you, and I'm guessing you would hate this, but I was just crossing my fingers, was a Stuart Lee clip. Stuart Lee, it's, to me, is the comedy god of the last five years. I mean, his stand-up is so much better than everyone else. But he did the scatological thing about the, the cat pooing into the Union Jack. Yeah, now I watched that, and I think it's funny, but I didn't laugh at it because... No. Um, he didn't seem to be having fun and to me i only actually i i appreciate humor when someone is being like a, a craftsman mm. and but if someone's trying if someone's trying to be cool while they're being funny i don't find it funny ah interesting and i think of him as someone who's very interested in being cool while he's being funny huh well, wow. yes. No, no, no. This is this we have is disagreements. We yes. have disagreements. We have disagreements. Well, um, I think that was actually all that was on the agenda uh, today, um, and we've paced it out about right. So um, I just wanted, you know, we'll end up in a typical podcast style. Um, talk about your, if you want to, if you have upcoming things you're doing that you think would be interested. Um, what do you got okay. to say about them? Well, it's a pandemic. Yeah. So I have been um, working at my job 
and working some freelance illustration gigs and raising my two kids in a tiny Brooklyn apartment. And so maybe when the pandemic is over, I will have yeah. something to plug. But right now, I'm just going to plug survival. Everybody try and survive. <laughs> uh, hopefully we'll all get a vaccine. Yeah. And we'll and one day we'll all have a big party where the ones of us who haven't died will all uh, I'll, I'll I'll make a, I'll write a piece of funny names for us all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do that. All right. Well, thank you very much, Andy. Uh, it's Mark, great to hear from you as usual. Um, and uh, we'll segue seamlessly into some jangly guitar music. And thank my... you for having me. Oh, thank you for being had. <laughs> It was it was lovely, and now the jangly guitar music and my uh, pre-recorded outro. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you. <laughs>